Ephesians chapter 2. The Apostle Paul is painting the picture of who we once were apart from Christ so that we might remember and celebrate who we are because of Christ. And today, as we prepare to take communion together, this is something that we must remember. Ephesians 2, verse 11, Paul begins, he says, Therefore, remember. And then he follows it with uh, some, some phrases about what we are to remember. When we have communion together, it is celebration, no doubt, but, but this is the meal that we are to commemorate, remembering what Jesus has done and made us to be. This is the meal that, that uh, he instituted so that we might be reminded of the guilt that had separated us from God and the grace that has brought us near to God. Today, as we, as we prepare our hearts for communion, do you remember do you remember who you were before Christ? And Paul said, "Remember, and then verse 12, he says that, that you were without Christ. You were separated from Christ. You were foreigners to the commonwealth of Israel. It means you weren't part of God's family. You were strangers to the covenants of promise. That means that, that God's favor was not part of your life. And then he adds this phrase, which is frightening and yet very, very true about us. You were without God and without hope in this world. You see... That's who we were. We were, verse 1, dead in our trespasses. We were pursuing with all that we were the things that were contrary to God. We were at enmity and at war with God. We were following the instruction of the prince of the power of the air who now works among the sons of disobedience among whom we also once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh and of the mind. We were prince of the power of the air, by the way. That's, that's not a good person to follow. But that's who we were. We were children of wrath, destined for judgment. That's who we were. Do you remember who you were? See, many times what happens, and I, I'm, I do this myself, I, I like to get to the good news without thinking about the bad news. That, that, that's naturally the way we are. We, we like to get to the meal because the meal celebrates who we are now. But, but Paul says, remember who you once were. That we did not earn friendship with God by our works. One of the things that always concerns me whenever we have communion together 
is that somewhere along the way, we just look at this as some sort of religious exercise that we go through to make us feel better about our lives. But friends, this meal is a remembrance that none of us deserve God's forgiveness, that none of us have merited his mercy, that none of us have somehow religiositized, I don't even know if that's a word, we've been good enough to get into fellowship with God. I'm concerned sometimes because we have, many of us, been followers of Christ for so long that somewhere along the way we fail to be awed again by God's great mercy and grace. We were separated from God by our guilt, everyone here. As sinners, our guilt kept us from living in friendship with God and fellowship with Him. We were without hope and without God in this world. That's who we were. Just think about that for a second. Do you remember what your life was before Christ? As we come to the meal, we must remember who we were before Christ. But we also must remember who we are because of Christ. Verse 13 of Ephesians 2. But now, in Christ, those who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. We who were far off, who had no rights or claims to God himself, have been brought near because God in his great love, uh, God uh, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ Jesus. By grace you have been saved. We who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been brought near not because we were religious, not because we were raised in the church, not because we attend the church for a long period of time, not because we are moral people, not because we are innately good, but rather we are brought near only by one method, and that is the shed blood of Jesus Christ for sinners like you and me. But now, we who once were far off alienated from God, hostile toward God, separated from God, without God and without hope in this world. We who once were far off have been brought near. Brought near. I love that phrase. Brought near. Do you know what that means? I talked to my dad in between the 8 o'clock and the 9.30 service called him on the phone to wish him a happy birthday 
And boy, I'm happy that we have cell phones and telephones and uh, texting and all that kind of stuff when it comes to family. You're able to connect. We even have uh, a little app on our phones uh, uh, that, that, that Edie uses. It's a Find My Friends app where she can chase down our children wherever they are. She knows exactly where. Now, guys, I know some of y'all don't like cell phones. There's some really good stuff about cell phones. That's one of them. Find my friends. Now, I, love, I love all that technology that, that, that I can talk to my dad 800, 900 miles from where he is and, and, and wish him a happy, birth, uh, happy birthday, happy Father's Day. And that's good, but, but being brought near is more powerful than a telephone call. Being brought near means that God, in His great grace, because of His amazing love, stretches out His arms to us. And as a loving Father, embraces us and doesn't let us go. Brought near. It's the picture. It's the picture of the sailor who's been gone, deployed for months. And the ship finally comes in. And he walks down to the pier where his wife and his children are waiting. Open arms, they run together they embrace brought near do you realize that God in his great grace not because of how good you and I are it doesn't have anything to do with us it has everything to do with his love because of his great love he opened his arms to you and to me he says come near he offers an acceptance and forgiveness and he does this through the death of Jesus truly we come to celebrate death and life in communion we come to celebrate a death, and that, that death is the death of Jesus for sinners like you and me. It is the celebration that because Jesus died in my place upon a cross, I now have the opportunity through faith and repentance, I have the opportunity to be brought near to God, accepted, embraced, and welcomed, held close, and never let go. All because Jesus died as a payment for my sin. We come to celebrate a death. You see, because of who we were, separated from God by the guilt of our sin, it demanded a sacrifice, the very death of Jesus for our sin. We remember his death, but we come here to celebrate life. You see, it is the death of Christ that has made me alive. It is, it is through his death 
that I now live. It is through the death of Christ that that I now have hope in a hopeless world, that I now have joy in a hapless circumstance. It is now because of Jesus that I live. No one else, nothing else, just Jesus. So when we come to communion, it is with laser-like focus that we remember who we were because of our guilt. And we celebrate who we are because of God's grace through Jesus Christ.